In the name of God, creator, redeemer, and giver of life. Amen. Amen. I want to talk about suffering this morning as it's referred to in the Gospel. Clearly, we are striding into Lent. And I want to begin by referring to an article that appeared two Thursdays ago in the Dominion Post, Thursday the 11th of February. And it was written by Ioana Gordon-Smith, curator Māori Pacific at Pataka Art Museum in Poriru. And she was writing about three Tokalaam artists from Poriru, Jack Karifi, Zach Mateo, and, Mo and Moses Viliamu. And they presented a temporary audiovisual installation as a practice run for their upcoming participation in the 30th, 13th Festival of Pacific Arts and Culture in Hawaii, which was due to be held in 2020. However, COVID-19, uh, pandemic, pandemic prevented it, and so they're thinking of filming it. I want to read two paragraphs of what that article said. The artwork, Cry of the Stolen People, told the little-known history of Tokelau slavery. In 1863, over the course of just one month, four Peruvian ships would kidnap almost half of Tokelau's population, almost all of their able-bodied men. 140 men were taken from the island of Whakaofo, 27 from Atafu, and 76 from Nukunonu. Porirua is the home to the largest Tokelau population in the world. The installation was staged outside Fitirea Polytechnic in Porirua. Three sails were strung high. Across them played black silhouettes that flicked from scene to scene like a graphic novel, illustrating the ships arriving on Tokelau shores, men captured at gunpoint, chained and sold into slavery in Peru, and women, children and elderly left behind. The following night, the masts were burnt. On the third and final night, the ashes from the sails were used to create a mural. This artistic presentation tells the true story of imposed suffering and trauma. The story is an anathema, a story of slavery in the South Pacific that I never knew about until two Thursdays ago. We read the article and reflected on it at our Eucharist at the Family Centre earlier this week on Wednesday morning. We were doing so with Pacific staff members, including one with Tokelau heritage. They knew the story, of course, but it was still chilling for them and us. So many nasty things happen to people, as history records, and they don't stop. Bad things are happening in Myanmar today. Appalling protection was provided to the miners at Pike River, and so many children continue to be abused. These are all stories of deliberately imposed suffering. Other better choices were available. 
Not all imposed suffering occurs because of deliberate aggression or neglect, though. Pain and suffering also occurs when people become subject to certain illnesses, or lose a loved one, or lose a job because an industry considers their production is no longer profitable and decides to pack up in a town, as is being seriously considered in Whakatane this week. And then there is a third sort of suffering that is quite different. It's not really imposed. And I want to read again from the Dominion Post. They don't actually pay me to do this, by the way, but uh, I just read it pretty regularly. And this was on the 28th of January, exactly a month ago. A frustrated Dame Nolene Todora hopes five players being sent home from Silver Ferns camp due to unsatisfactory fitness standards is a timely wake-up call. Five players failed their mandatory yo-yo conditioning test last week and will miss March's four-game Constellation Cup home series against Australia. A group of 26 players, including Silver Ferns, development squad members, and three under-21 players gathered in Wellington, with five not able to meet the minimum 16.3 standard. Fitness has been a non-negotiable for Todora since taking over as national coach from Janine Southby in August 2018. Unless players were able to achieve the 16.3 minimum yo-yo standard, they were ineligible for selection. The Ferns' strength and conditioning has improved hugely under Todora's uh, watch and was a pivotal factor in their 2019 Netball World Cup title triumph. So this is about chosen suffering, denial and pain to reach a goal. It's about discipline, training and putting in the hard yards. It's about strength, mobility and agility, pushing yourself beyond earlier physical and mental capability to new and higher levels. It requires self-denial and deep commitment to push through pain barriers. Our gospel today is about all three senses of suffering. Impose suffering by a person or people on others. Impose suffering by bad things that happen like sickness or losing a loved one. And finally, we impose suffering on ourselves sometimes to achieve a higher goal as happens in sport or the arts. He then began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed, and after three days rise again. Jesus had no doubt imposed a lot of discipline on himself prior to his ministry in Galilee. That discipline would have continued and improved through his ministry. At this point in Mark's Gospel, He's realising he's going to have to leave Galilee in the north and go south to Jerusalem. He is also recognising that what he has been saying is going to seriously upset the elders, the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and they will make him pay. They will impose suffering on him. Imagine what it must have been like for him in ancient societies, as in indigenous ones today, you don't upset your elders. 
nor the clergy, wish that was the case today, or, nor the lawyers. You don't, unless there's a greater goal. And his greater goal was to deconstruct the hypocrisy, help people live confident lives with God, and act generously towards each other. Peter is distressed by this. He loves him and doesn't want him to suffer. He, as Jesus, spoke plainly about this, about his suffering. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. In the drama, Jesus is clearly troubled and worries that Peter's love will soften his determination to go through with his ministry. So he turns to one of his best mates and says, Get behind me, Satan. And to explain himself further, he says, You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. He has honed himself spiritually. He is very fit, and it has become clearer to him what he has to do. It will be costly involve a lot, and involve a lot of suffering. Having clarified that in his own mind, and with Peter, he turns to the crowd and he says, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. They have to be prepared to suffer, because it will be imposed on them by those who don't want changes in the established order. He then states, Whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me and the gospel will save it. This is typical, clever Jesus speaking. You lose your life in order to save it. It is a play on opposites. Just like the first shall be last, and the lost will be found. The horrors of what happened in Tokelau during 1863 may seem a long way away, but Tokelau is actually a New Zealand territory. It wasn't a New Zealand territory during the 19th century, but the survivors became New Zealanders in 1926, and the traumatic impacts on that community persist today, as you can imagine. Jesus responded to the suffering of poor people, largely agricultural peasants, who were doubly oppressed by their own elites and the cruel Roman colonizers. In fact, a major part of the reason he was crucified was because he stood with these people and challenged their oppressors. He was also attracted to those who were suffering because of illness, disability, or bad fortune in the ancient world, such as being widowed and without support. He trained like Nolene Torah's chosen squad, putting his own wishes or pleasures aside, and suffering personally to understand the suffering of others and make their life better. So the message about suffering in today's Gospel goes something like this. Firstly, following Jesus, we need to listen to the Spirit and get fit. This involves a form of suffering where we deny ourselves and cooperate with the Spirit 
to serve others. Secondly, like him, we go to where the suffering is. It is where people have had bad things happen to them, or they're being oppressed by bullies, bad employers, inadequate policy makers, or mean-spirited people. And thirdly, even though we may be fit and doing good things that make a difference in people's lives, we will suffer criticism and worse, because we will stand with them. This will upset the status quo, and we will become a target for intolerant people. In short, the Lenten message is about losing our lives in order to save our lives. It's about taking up the cross, i.e. being prepared to put our immediate needs aside, to radically help others, and in doing so, suffer with them and him. Like so many of the paradoxes Jesus taught, though, metaphorically, losing our lives in that way assures us that we will find our lives deep fulfilment and true happiness. It is worth pondering.